You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 23rd, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Got a quick show for you here today as we talk a little bit about uh, off-season improvements. Uh, but first, uh, I would not be doing my job if I did not at least provide some comment or some thought to uh, what the heck happened in Boston today. Um, if, if you've been living under a rock or you're waiting on bated breath for this podcast to tell you what's going on in the NBA world, the uh, the, the Boston Celtics and Cleveland Cavaliers made a little trade. Um, and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about it on this show about the Magic possibly going after Kyrie Irving and trying to find their star, but it was never in the cards. The Magic did not have the assets to go get him or probably really the desire to to take that risk. The Boston Celtics did, though. And so the Celtics have traded Isaiah Thomas, all-star in his own right, uh, Jay Crowder, Anta Zizic, as well as the 2018 Brooklyn Nets pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Kai Irving. This is a monumental trade, obviously, because you're trading two All-Stars for each other, as I told countless people uh, about, countless people as they asked me about uh, trade opportunities and what Cleveland was looking for in a trade. I, I said wholeheartedly and firmly that Cleveland was looking to get a star back. They were, they're, they're trying to win. They suspect that LeBron's probably gone. But while they have LeBron, they're trying to win championships, and they're not going to just give away Kyrie Irving for some hopes and some dreams. I think Cleveland did a very good job kind of shoring their bets here. Uh, If Isaiah Thomas uh, is not someone that they want to give a whole lot of money to, which which seems to be Boston's motivation in in, in giving away Isaiah Thomas here, Uh, if they don't want to go with the Isaiah Thomas route, if LeBron leaves and they want to just say, you know, we're going to let Isaiah Thomas walk, um, if Isaiah Thomas's hip is not as as healthy as as people hope it is after after uh, the way he ended his season last year, it it's it, it Cleveland is still set up well for the future. Um, they they get that big draft they get that big draft pick from Brooklyn this year. Uh, while I think Brooklyn is probably better than they were last year, I still think that Brooklyn is not a playoff team and probably still one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, it, it it's it's definitely a good move to shore up Cleveland's future a bit. For Boston, they get to t- they finally cash in some of their assets to get the star that they've been looking for. They get Kyrie Irving, who is going to be the man in in Boston. He'll be able to play a little bit off the ball with a with a passing wing like Gordon Hayward. Um, gets a great great screen setter in Al Horford. But at the end of the day, this just makes Boston a really good team too. And it's it's even more odd. I think that we see Cleveland and Boston willing to deal with each other. Maybe Cleveland realized that this was their best deal that they could get. But the the negative effect of that could be they brought Boston closer to them. I mean, Boston won the regular season last year in the East um, and lost in the playoffs. But it's interest, it's, it's interesting to note that, that this does make Boston better. And, you know, I'm going to have to think about this before I make my season predictions it could very well be that that this could be the year that LeBron's reign in the in the Eastern Conference ends because if Isaiah Thomas is not healthy, LeBron is not taking that team to the finals by himself. He he is he is otherworldly, but he is not that good. And I do think that this makes Boston 
a really formidable team. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is great. Don't get me wrong. I think Isaiah Thomas is fantastic. And him and Kyrie Irving are really very similar players and, and very similar skill-wise. But Boston's time is coming. It's very clear. That's been very clear for a while. They pushed some chips in this summer, and, and I think it, it put them in a better spot. So big trade out of the NBA. It's it's never dull in the NBA. Something's always, always happening. So uh, a crazy, crazy day in the NBA on Tuesday. But as I tell at least one of my followers, what LeBron James is, or who gets obsessed about LeBron James and asking me, oh, how are the Magic going to take down the King? I don't worry about what's going on with LeBron James. I don't even really worry about what's going on with the Boston Celtics because frankly, they're playing a different game than the Magic are. The Magic right now are rebuilding, trying to figure out who they are as a team, trying to grow themselves as a, as a franchise and as an organization. So they're not worried about what's going on at the top. Because frankly, those teams are playing for championships. The Magic are just hoping to make the playoffs. It's it, We're not in the same league. We're not close yet, if, if you're the Orlando Magic. But there is a way to get there. I mean, we saw the Magic do that in 2007. When they were the eighth seed with Dwight Howard, they made the playoffs, and it was clear they were beginning to take some steps moving forward. By the next year, they won the division championship, and then we started talking more seriously about, okay, what do the Magic need to do to actually win the Eastern Conference? And, and the Magic surprised everyone and did that. We're not at that stage yet. But we are at the stage where the Magic do need to see production from the players on their roster. In fact, that's the main thing that we've talked about all summer long. The Magic did not make a ton of changes to their roster. They, they bolstered their bench for sure. But that starting lineup is virtually the same. And it's not going to be better without internal improvement. This is the big key for the Magic uh, and, and, and their ability to achieve their goals this season. Is Are they going to find the internal improvement that they need? And, you know, uh, our, our good friend, the Lando, on Twitter shared this image with us from Terrence Ross's, uh, uh, I believe, Instagram story. The Magic are getting together and working out. Um, in, in this photo from the from Terrence Ross, it appears that Terrence Ross, along with Bismack Biombo, DJ Augustin, Maurice Bates, and uh, Aaron Gordon, as well as Mario Azonia even, are in Los Angeles working out together. And I believe Becky Bonner, uh, part of the Magic staff, is out there as well. This is obviously good news. Um, I think it's more normal than we let on or that than we um, than we talk about. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of the summer stuff goes on behind the scenes. Uh, so we don't see it. We don't see it except for whatever the players decide to share with us. Uh, and so this kind of stuff does happen. Players work out with each other all the time, whether it's there in the Amway Center. And I should also mention Wesley Awundu and Jonathan Isaac also appear to be in Los Angeles uh, working out with this crew too. So it's good to hear that 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 several of the team's players are getting together to work out together, maybe play some, maybe play some hoops, get to know each other's games a little bit. You see this more formally start happening after Labor Day, uh, at the team facility, but again, it's good to get a head start. It's never never bad to get to know your teammates a little bit better, and there are quite a few new teammates. Um, Alfred Payton was also among the group that that's out there in Los Angeles. So, 
it, it got me thinking, and this is a post that we wrote way back at the beginning of the summer, what do these Magic players need to improve on? And and, and some of this is obviously Alfred Payton needs to improve as a shooter. You know, Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic need to improve their defense. Uh, Aaron Gordon needs to become a better shooter. Some of it is is painfully obvious, of course. But I think you can go a little bit deeper on this. I think we can say uh, something a little bit more specific. Yes, it would be nice if Alfred Payton were a better shooter. I think, obviously, that that goes without saying. That if he were a better shooter, the team would be better. It's kind of a well-duh. But I think for Payton, it's actually more important that he step up and become a, a better overall leader. And that means holding himself accountable, especially on the defensive end, where he's really slipped. When Peyton entered the league, he entered the league with a defensive reputation. He earned the Lefty Drizel Award as the top defender in the country in college at UL Lafayette. Um, it, it was definitely a uh, a big, big thing that the Magic hoped to have, and he's got all the physical tools. He's got the size. He's got the speed. And for whatever reason, it just has not translated to the NBA. Is that the players around him? Is that him? Who knows? But Peyton... I think, you know, statistically at least, Peyton got back to where he was his rookie year after a dreadful sophomore year. If Peyton really wants to take the next step as a point guard and really wants to prove his worth to the Magic and to the new management group, he's got to make his hay on the defensive end. That's where the Magic are building themselves, is on defense. And Peyton proved... I think toward the end of last season, and if he can show that consistency through this season, he proved that he doesn't necessarily need a jump shot to be super effective. He was very effective. The offense was very effective with him on the floor, even though he couldn't shoot after the All-Star break last year. He actually shot worse after the All-Star break than he did before. He shot better, he shot worse from beyond the arc. Peyton can find his offense. I'm not worried necessarily about him shooting. Now, him in combination with some of the other players... If they don't develop their shot, maybe that becomes a problem. But overall, I think Peyton can do a lot without necessarily being the knockdown shooter that that everyone wants him to be. I, I, if he can get to 33% as a three-point shooter, just keep defenses honest, I think that's plenty. I think that's more than fine. But, it, it again, it goes a little bit deeper than that. Being a leader on the defensive end means you're a leader on the floor. It means you get out in those transition opportunities where Peyton really thrives. And so if I'm Alfred Payton this summer, I'm really hoping that we see him come back as a plus defender. I mean, I'm not expecting him to take a huge leap all on his own, um, but I would love to see him come back as a better defender. Uh, Mario Azonia, a player that I think a lot of us are watching, um, he's out there with that L.A. crew. He's been working a lot in Los Angeles of late, uh, reportedly rehabbing from that tendonitis issue in his knee that is keeping him out of Eurobasket. Um, for him, it's just A, get healthy, B, gain, gain some confidence with your shot. That's supposed to be your bread and butter. Don't, you know, I, I don't worry so much about Hazonia's defense. Do what got you into the NBA. And what got Mario Hazonia into the NBA is his shot. And, you know, his confidence and his bravado were what a lot of fans talked about. None of that matters without his shot. If he's shooting, the confidence and the swagger will return and he will become a better player. Because when he's confident and making and slinging passes around, he is a really, really good offensive player. But he's got to make shots to stay on the floor. 
If he can't make shots, he doesn't have value. And so for him, that is a really big deal. Evan Fournier, who's not with that crew, um, I've talked a lot about him in terms of Eurobasket. Uh, for him, I would say the biggest thing he has to improve is his playmaking. And at Eurobasket, we're probably not going to see a whole lot of his playmaking, but we're going to see Fournier take some shots, be, be the star. I think when he is able to add some more passing to his game, he averaged what, a career high in assists last year, but it was still like three, four assists. If he can be a little bit more of a playmaker, get others open, then that will make him a better player overall for the Magic. I think that he can take a big step up for the team as well this year. Nikola Vucevic, very much the same thing. Can he be a stronger playmaker out of the post? Will he be willing to get in the post and and take on contact? Uh, And can he continue the defensive improvements that he made last year? I think those are really the big parts uh, of Vucevic's game that need to continue improvement. And, And if he can build on last year, become a little bit more of an efficient offensive player, get back to his levels of level efficiency offensively, he will be the player the Magic need. But the big guy that everyone always wants to talk about when it comes to Orlando Magic, and I think rightfully so, is Aaron Gordon. To a lot of people, Aaron Gordon is the guy who has the most room for growth and the guy the Magic need to grow more than any other player. Of course, the Magic invested a fourth round, fourth overall pick in him, so he's the highest-picked player on the Magic's roster. He's a guy who's shown flashes of just absolute brilliance, but those flashes have been fleeting and mixed up both with his injuries through training camps and in the Magic's misuse of him in the lineup. This is Gordon's opportunity. The path is laid in front of him. If, by all accounts, he's been healthy all summer. So we've never seen Aaron Gordon with a healthy summer. That's always the point I bring up when people want to give up on Aaron Gordon. We have never seen Aaron Gordon through a healthy summer. He's always had to deal with an injury that, that kept him out of parts, parts of training camp. So if he's healthy, I think that means we see him take a huge step forward. Because remember what he looked like the second year in summer league. He was the best player at Orlando Summer League. And he looked like a player that he has not looked like on the floor except in very limited circumstances. And I think if he can gain that confidence and play that style with how much he's grown elsewhere, I think it's pretty clear what kind of player he can be. After the All-Star break last year, he averaged around 17 points per game. That's getting close to star territory. He did a lot of that just by getting out in transition and being available and being a cutter. He's a strong cutter, too. And so he has all these skills, and there are all these signs that he can make a pretty significant improvement. Of course, it all starts with the shooting. I think that Gordon does need to develop into a better shooter. He may never be a knockdown three-point shooter, but if he's shooting around 35%, I think that's enough to keep defenses honest. Just like with Alfred Payton, it's more about keeping defenses honest. If they leave you open, you make them pay. You don't have to be a high-volume three-point shooter. But when they leave you open, you make them pay. That's all that we're asking for. With Gordon, too, he has to continue improving his defense. There were some signs that his defensive reputation may not be as strong as, as the statistics. Um, obviously, the shooting is a big deal. 
Uh, he's really struggled creating off the dribble last year. I think the Magic are going to rely on that less. And in any case, putting him in the mid post where he can make a quick move and get to the basket is a lot more effective for him. But it would be nice to see his assists go up a little bit, um, create some offense off the dribble, and, and be a guy who uh, who the Magic can give the ball to kind of in that mid-post area, kind of where Tobias Harris used to work on the elbows uh, and attack the basket and score. There are signs in all of this that Gordon can make this leap. Uh, if, you, if you look at his statistics after the All-Star break, both the scoring and, and everything else, it, it was very clear that, that he was more comfortable as a player at power forward and in that role that the Magic were putting him in. It was very clear that he could play that position and play it very a- adequately. What he needs to do next is a carry that over and B, just become a much more effective player. The Magic just didn't use him right last year. I think we all know that. That's that's obvious. At the same time, if he would have had the efficiency he had for parts of 2017, especially after the All-Star break, with the kind of play-type distribution that he had the previous year, he would have been a really good player. And so I think if there is hope, if there is a player who has to show the kind of improvement that the team needs to take that big leap, to take that next step up, it's an Aaron Gordon. The the facts and the evidence are all there that he can be that player to take the step up. And if he does, it does feel like the Magic could be a much better team than everyone expects. And of course, he's got the pressure of having to live to, to, to play for a contract this summer too. The question is, will he do it? The question is, will any of these players make the kind of internal improvement that they were hoping for last year, that they were hoping for the year before, that just never seemed to come? This is the big question facing the Magic this season. Especially for Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is the big big wild card and the big question mark. If Aaron Gordon works, if Aaron Gordon takes the, the big step that, that we all think we, he can make, then this playoff talk that we've kind of been having idly and theoretically, I think then it becomes real. Because at this point, we know what Nikola Vucevic is. He's good for 16, 17, and 10. We know what Evan Fournier is. I think he has a little bit more room for growth. He's about 17, 18 points per game, 37, 38% three-point shooter probably when it's all when he's at his best, when he pro- progresses back to his mean. Alfred Payton, you know, there, there definitely still some room for improvement, but he's probably, what, 11, 5, and 6, 11, 5, and 7. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. It's pretty good for him. Aaron Gordon's the guy we don't know anything about. Averaged 12 points per game last year. Got it up to 16, 17 after the All-Star break when he's playing a more comfortable position. Has the room to be much better. The guy who can get you 20, 20 a night. He just hasn't proven it, and I can't blame anyone for not being ready to invest in it. I'm not ready to invest in it either. I think he's probably another year away from being the really good player that we all want him to be because there's, I think there's a stepping stone he has to reach. And this season is that stepping stone for him. This season is 
the season where he proves whether he can be that 20-point-per-game point night guy or just a really solid role player. And so that's why seeing Aaron Gordon a, be in that role that, that makes him more successful, working on his cuts, working on being a better isolation player, uh, working on creating a little bit more off the dribble, maybe getting a little bit of a post-up game. That's where this stuff matters. And so I'm excited to see what Aaron Gordon looks like in training camp. Um, but it's but again, it's good to hear that that he's out with the crew over in California right now. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening for listening to today's show. Uh, uh, I don't have much else to say. Uh, you can of course follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Lockdown Magic. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, tune in all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can, of course, also follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Not a lot going on in the Orlando Magic world, but we continue to find things as they pop up. That's going to do it for me again today. I want to thank you all for listening to Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow, probably, on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.